you know what, guys? The Bears looked like crap, and I lost all my fantasy football games this week. Mm. So, yeah, mm. I'm a little depressed. Hooray. Yep. Just drink beer, Dave. It always helps. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and a trip around the world for a soccer update from all over the globe. My name is Alex Herman, and I'm joined, as always, by Brady Olson and Dave Kolichkowski. Boys, how we doing? Doing well. Getting excited for the Olympics coming up. Wow. Uh, less than a I, year away. Yeah, right? There's a couple <laughs> things that are happening before that. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even on my radar yeah, at all. But I've nice, just started nice. to read stuff and I, you know, love the Winter Olympics. So, yeah, I'm excited. That's a quick glimpse into the mind of Brady while the rest of the world is focused on, not the rest, the rest of the country is focused on, you know, the holidays that are coming up in less than a month. Already on to the Olympics. More That's, sports. <laughs> yeah. Are the Olympics before the World Cup next year? Yes. Yes. Okay. No, I will be properly right, excited for the World also Cup too. The Olympics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Winter Olympics. Snowboarding, make it happen. Quick shout out, Ian Scarlato, producer for our podcast, behind the glass, twisting those dials, turning our podcast into the fine audio product that it is. Thank you to Jen Bennett for helping us run our social media accounts as well. Whew. Today is Monday. November 22nd, which means yesterday was Sunday, November 21st, mm. week 11 in the NFL. Biggest news, at least for Minnesota people, the Vikings beat the Packers. Ooh. Don't Whoa. care. Skull. <laughs> yes, you do care, Dave. Both of you care because when the Packers lose, we all win. Yeah. 34 to 31. Great, great game. Really good game. Unless you guys are going to win out and prevent them from making the playoffs, I don't care about football anymore. Okay. Wow. Just depressed, I'm just, I'm Dave. Just, I still love <laughs> You know what, guys? The Bears looked like crap, and I lost all my fantasy football games this week. Mm. So, yeah, mm. I'm a little depressed. And that <laughs> wow. usually does not happen very often. I am so. sorry. I am I'm not sorry happy. to hear that. <laughs> Truly. However, the Vikings won. So you can be happy for me. And I am going to win one of my fantasy games. So, Hooray. yep, just drink beer, Dave. It always helps. Yeah, <laughs> twist that knife. <laughs> Other notable games from yesterday. Colts beat the Bills. Are the what? Bills any good? I They, they looked... Going with a hard no. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess not anymore. They beat them 41 to 15. Carson huh? Wench is Carson Car- Wench. Wench uh, is quickly Ooh. becoming appointment television for me. Not just because of good, but because of anything could happen on any given play. <laughs> you will see something happen. Yes, you watch him play. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the Texans beat the Titans what? twenty-two to thirteen. Didn't know the Texans ah. were capable of winning. Mm-hmm. NFL. The big, the big, big game that everyone wanted to tune in for, Chiefs and Cowboys. Chiefs beat the Cowboys handedly, 19 to 9. Dud. Uh, I can't determine. Uh, Cowboys didn't even get in the end zone. So yeah. did terrible. the Chiefs defense <laughs> like grow and materialize? Or were the Cowboys just having one of those games that they usually save for the playoffs where they just can't do anything at all? Well, they didn't I have any know. receivers. Oh, man. That doesn't help you. CD Lamb. Well, he and was out. He, after, he exited yeah. early, and Gallup was back too. You yeah. know what? I, I have to just say this: America's team is complete trash, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I am so sick of them becoming part of the conversation. Ooh, Dak's back! As if Dak is a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Yes, he's not. He is absolute garbage, and so is the entire Cowboys team. Oh, yes, Ezekiel Elliott is a drama queen, and he's just complete, complete and utter garbage, and he is flaky. <laughs> I, I just it's it's just not worth our time to even talk about the Cowboys. 
I hate the, the Chiefs Cowboys. still pissed me off because my fantasy team, I actually drafted Patrick Mahomes this year. Mm. And you know what? I'm suffering those repercussions because yeah. he's decided not to play this year. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying a different strategy this year than uh, every Slow other player. year. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll see how so, it works out yep. for him. Good stuff. I had the opportunity to draft him in one of my leagues, and I'm glad that I didn't. So I'm sorry, Dave. Never again will I reach for a quarterback. I it was so disciplined <laughs> for about like six years, and yep. now <laughs> never again. I'm just gonna wait till I, the very last chance to grab somebody. I did reach kind of this year, although uh, I got Aaron Rodgers in one of my leagues, and it wasn't that much of a reach because people were down on him, and I was like, "This is Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's <laughs> fools. Yeah, and he's outstanding this year." But so is Kirk Cousins, so at least for fantasy. Last bit of NFL news. Chargers got the Sunday night football win over the Steelers 41 to 37. Whoo. How was that the big scoring game? Yeah. How was that the big scoring game of the week? Just what is this? I don't know. know. I'm not sure because I didn't think the Steelers were going to be able to keep up if the Chargers went off, but they did. So I'm glad that it was big. The Chargers defense isn't what it was last year either. No, no, definitely not. But all these scores just show what a weird season it is in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Just bizarre. Besides the Vikings beating the Packers because we all knew that would happen. Mm, Yeah, very different tune from you on the weekend, (laughs) but okay. It is. We'll move on. Yes. Uh, just really quick, uh, the Fire Nagy chants at Soldier Field were great. It just needs to happen sometimes. <laughs> I didn't even hear them. Yeah, yeah. It was a really loud. Um, <laughs> people were talking about it on the radio. I didn't watch the end of the game, but I was listening to the radio just because it's fun to hate listen um, mm-hmm. after the Bears lose. Uh, and actually, Herman, I think you were on a ride back to Chicago with me after a Bears loss once. And I think you you laughed so much because oh, yeah. like, that's like a, such a big thing like in Chicago yeah. is to turn on the radio and just be pissed off for like yeah. the rest of the mm-hmm. day after the Bears lose. I'd never heard anything like yeah. that. Because <laughs> when the Vikings lose and you turn on the radio, it's like, oh, well, you know, it would have been nice to get a win before my daughter's <laughs> wedding no, next no. week. Yeah. And no, yeah. in Chicago, Bears. it's like... Whoa! It was like the internet before the internet yep. was a thing, and it's it's and all the old people are really into it too. So it's just like everybody from like ten years old to like ninety, they're all like calling in, like Chicago everybody saying, "It's kind of nice. That's nice, yeah. right?" Everyone we're united about something. Yeah, exactly. But I was gonna say I should have been selling T-shirts with Nagy next once. Um, Wiki got fired because we could be millionaires <laughs> and really trendy in Chicago. So, oh well, we should have a business opportunity. Guys. Next time, next time, Patreon T-shirts next year. <laughs> <laughs> Along with a Bears loss, I'm sorry to report that the Loons, the beloved MLS team from Minnesota, have also lost, which means they've been eliminated from the MLS playoffs. It went down against the Portland Timbers, three to one. Down to a golazo. Uh, that was a ridiculous goal for the the nail in the coffin by Portland. Who were the better team on the day? Sorry, Herman. The uh, playoffs went totally chalk. So if 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 I can keep talking about the MLS playoffs, and I will, uh, playoffs went totally chalk. Philadelphia beat New York. Kansas City beat Vancouver. New York beat Atlanta. And then um, an unrelated but somewhat related uh, Canadian championship, Montreal beat Toronto, which Mm. woo for that. But anyway, so Mm. all chalk in the MLS playoffs so far. All chalk. Yep. Last bit of news before we dive into soccer. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. What do you know? Turkey Day. And actually, for our lovely listeners, you'll be listening to this on Turkey Day, if you tune in right when it releases. So happy Thanksgiving to you all. I want to ask both you boys the most cliche Thanksgiving question of all time, which mm-hmm. is, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? My uh, answer might be a tad cliche, uh, but the old drumstick. It's kind uh, of been a family tradition of mine mm. uh, that I just end up with one of them, at least. <laughs> um, and you know what? I appreciate that, family. Thank you. 
Does Morgan's family also abide by that rule? Yeah. Okay. Look at me. I'm a dumpster. So just yeah, put, put, put food down my gullet and I enjoy it. And life well, is good. <laughs> usually the drumstick is one of the most coveted pieces. So, you know, there's only two. Everyone loves me, I guess. Oh, also, I do fight people. I do fight people for it. So yeah, I guess that's, that's the real, uh, that's the go. actual okay. answer. <laughs> All right. I knew we'd get to it eventually. Dave, what about you? I'm going to give two answers real quick. One is the appetizer. Colleen's been making these awesome crescent roll brie bites. Wow. Cranberry and rosemary on them. It's just like a combination of four different things going on. She's made them last year, and I've always been depressed when they run out. So (laughs) she's making them this year. And then um, instead of an actual, I guess, specific item on like uh, Thanksgiving, I always load my plate up. So I'm going to give you my favorite bite. Mm. It's a little bit of turkey, a little bit of cranberry, and a tiny bit of mashed potato. Mm. That's where my bites sit. That's my favorite. So, okay. It's pretty respect. good. I like what that. You, Herman? I'm, a com- mm. I'm a combiner, too. I like to have bites with everything mm-hmm. in them. I think my favorite, though, is the stuffing. I mm. cannot get stuffing enough can of be great the too. stuffing. Yep. Especially every year my dad does a turkey gravy using like the bones from the turkey that is cooked or parts of the turkey. And it's just outstanding gravy. So soaking Mm -hmm. the stuffing Mm -hmm. in gravy. (laughs) Gotta have it. Yeah, I can see that. That sounds great. Oh, looking forward to it. Going to be delicious as always. Getting into the sports though. Let's focus up here. First up, Chicago Fire. Not a ton of news, but off-season news. Not a ton can happen while the playoffs are going on, but the MLS did announce 2022 home openers for all the teams. The Chicago Fire's home open will be March 5th at 5 p.m. Central Time against Orlando (laughs) City. I'm just happy that it's not that February game because I would have cried. I would have been cold. And I would have been like asked for my money back for that game. (laughs) So, yes, uh, to Dave's point, the first game of the season is February 26th in Miami. So thank you, schedule makers, uh, <laughs> for allowing the team to warm up in Miami and then come back to a cold and blizzardy <sighs> Chicago in March. I am sure it will be that way. Man, March in Chicago is not fun, but February wouldn't be either. Mm-mm. So looking forward to that. Will you two be attending that March 5th game? Hope to. Hope so. Yeah, oh, yeah. bundle up Why and not? go. It's on Love the cow. Excellent. Now, this is normally the part of the program where we would discuss our beloved Red Stars. However, last week, we chose the Red Stars versus Washington Spirit in the final game as our game of the week. So we're going to actually do that now, and then we'll talk Red Stars news because there is Big news coming out of the Red Stars camp. True, true. After that final, the NWSL championship was held November 20th in Louisville. It was the Red Stars versus the Washington Spirit. Final score, two to one, Washington. Ugh, so close again for the Red Stars. So close. Not the result we wanted, but heck of a game. It was a heck of a game. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that you noted, Brad, watching this game is the substitution. Doniak coming in for DiBernardo. Yeah. yeah, it happened so early and it just, it's a crushing blow. It's just one of those injuries that DiBernardo is one of those players that's a connector, gets in mm-hmm. between the lines, hard worker, one of those you wouldn't necessarily notice players, but as soon as she's gone, she's one of our starlets really. So just not, mm-hmm. not great uh, for her to go down so early. and. You could tell there was a ton of K tape on her hamstrings. So I think she was just trying to hold it together to get through the final. So tried to battle it out and just couldn't this time. Yeah, unfortunate. And later on in that first half, Mallory Pugh, another huge name for the Red Stars, is going to go down in that second minute of ah. stoppage time. Yeah, huge name. One of our best players. We are definitely we're going to rely on her for goals. And uh, Kelly O'Hara did a little, uh, hey, how's your father? 
Um, and uh, <laughs> I don't think she meant to hurt her, but definitely was a, I'm going to slow you down a little bit here. Mm-hmm. And I think Hugh's uh, ankle got trapped or something like that. Just, yeah. just rough. So two big names down for the Red Stars in that first half. However, right before the half closes out, Red Stars score. Unbelievable. In the fifth minute of stoppage time, Rachel Hill, far post. Yes. I remember seeing that feeling really good mm-hmm. going yeah. into that second half. Quite the roller coaster. Uh, Aaron oh. might take a bow uh, because Kelly O'Hara did as she fell to the ground. Fake cross with her left foot. Kelly O'Hara thinks it's coming in. It's not. Then it's cut back out with her right foot and then swings the cross in. Kelly O'Hara is on the ground. Can't stop it. And Rachel Hill sneaks in at the far post. It was an excellent goal. And just the roller coaster of emotions of pews down, no. Goal, one, one up. Yeah. <laughs> All over the place. Craziness. Halftime subs. Uh, Caliprico comes in for pew. Brad, yeah. thoughts on that? Well, you just, you hoped that pew would be able to walk it off during halftime and maybe, you know, yeah. warm it up, get on a bike or something like that. But obviously the injury was too much over the halftime period. So Caliprico comes in. We're down two of our best players that started in this game. That's rough. That is a tough way. We haven't even talked mm-hmm. about tactics yet because when you just have players dropping like flies, it really was uh, the luck seemed to have run out for the Red Stars, unfortunately. And not helping things, Tierna Davidson shortly after that is going to mm. concede a penalty, uh, gives the spirit some advantage there. Yeah. And again, unfortunate. Like this was not a terrible defensive play. This was just one of those bang, bang. If she makes a defensive play, you're like, yeah, that's a heck of a defensive play. In this case, it was McKeown just got a touch right in front of Davidson's foot. It's going to be a foul all day, but you know, just it's unfortunate. I want to point out that Rodman in this game was a menace, was Mm -hmm. the -hmm. best player on the field, either team, truly remarkable player. And she's only 18. So like that is amazing. Uh, but she creates this goal. She won the 50-50 from the long ball. Everyone on the Red Stars is afraid of her and start backing off. And she just makes a perfect pass into the middle. And it's what you get sometimes. Like that's when you have a star player, sometimes the assist is the key. In the 67th minute, Andy Sullivan is going to tie the game up for the spirit. One to one. New game. Tides are turning here. Momentum shifting. Yeah. Cassie Miller almost gets a save on this one, though. This is just by her. And I think she tried to dive because that's what you have to do on a pen. But if she just sticks out a foot and kick saves this, there's a chance. But again, right there, it's a game of small margins and uh, tie game now. Mm. Shortly before we hit the 90-minute mark, so later in that second half, uh, Rodman, who's been running around like crazy, finally gets what might have been coming to her that game, maybe. Uh, if you're a Red Star <laughs> fan, yeah. She was running <laughs> rampant up and down the wings. Bias. <laughs> uh, wherever, uh, one of the things tactically that the Spirit did was whatever side Tatum Malazzo was on, Rodman would go to that side. So she was picking out the, the younger, weaker defender, uh, trying to get away from Aaron Wright, and just... It was 1v1s all day, and she's fast, she's skilled, she's confident. That's what you should do in a championship No, it was game. truly... Exploit the weak link. Yep. She did the right thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like... I know we're talking against her own team there, but that's... <laughs> you got to do it. Like, you're so close. Now's not the time to be nice, right? True. So, yeah. Do it. And Rodman, like, smacked a post at one point. Like, she was on it in this game. So in the 86th minute, I wanted to point this out, because if you can find the highlight, it is a wonderful highlight. It's one of those where there's a foul right before it. So like the play is kind of done and Doniak could have held up, like could have stopped running. One of those things where I'm just going to use you as my form of stopping and just rocks Rodman. Doniak got her just mm. NFL style, NFL blitz style. <laughs> I was like, I got on my chair. Yeah. NFL blitz. Oh, it was awesome. And uh, yeah. So Did Doniak. Like light herself on fire afterwards, like run out <laughs> on the field. Oh, the humanity reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was that was awesome. So 
don't tell me the NWSL is not physical because I've it's been a while since I've seen a male soccer player get hit that hard. That was mm. awesome. Mm. So when it comes to 90-minute mark and stoppage time, we are at a tie game, one-to-one, <sighs> going into extra time. Ooh, the stress Wild. is mm-hmm. crazy. Unbelievable. However, seven minutes into that extra time, we have a goal from the spirit. They take the lead two to one, unfortunately. Yeah. This one was Rodman again, but instead of driving right at her defender like she has been all game, she pulls it back. And O'Hara is ext- incredibly smart here. Perfectly timed run, very sneaky. And a great headed finish on the far post. Perfect ball from Trinity Rodman. That's, you know, sometimes you just get great offense beats, great defense. And it was a fabulous goal. Very true. Obviously, the Red Stars didn't come away with the victory here. That is the final score, two to one. However, they never gave up, played hard all the way until Mm -hmm. the very last minute and almost were able to tie that game up. Right. Shout outs to them. Uh, It was the 117th minute. Doniak had a breakaway and, you know, everyone thinks this is going to go in. Ah, This is the chance to tie it back up. Really, really nice save by the goalkeeper of the year, Aubrey Bledsoe. Good for her. Uh, Not good for the Red Stars. Probably should have put this away, but it was a fantastic save. Unfortunate way to end the season. Get to the final game again. Can't win that last game of the season. So close. Yeah. Really, I just, it was one injury too many. Like, and yeah, it was two. Like it just, the red stars fought so hard in the playoffs as underdogs and the way that they scrapped uh, basically as a transitional type team, uh, was quite impressive, but you just, you need your pieces to put that all together. Um, but truly impressive performance as even after going down, uh, can hold their heads up high, even though it was a losing effort this time, but you know, a lot of courage. I will say uh, one of the key metrics that we talk about with this Red Stars team is duels and the Spirit won the duels battle as well, 69 to 61. So even in a, in a game where, you know, I won't go too far into stats, 31 shots to Red Stars 14, 10 on goal to Red Stars 3, like that. This game was pretty one-sided and typically you'd, you kind of want to see more of the 50-50s if this Red Star system is going to work the way it has in these past few games and just didn't have it in this one. Ultimately, disappointing way to end the season. Yeah. However, as you said, can definitely walk away with their heads held high. Made it a long way without mm-hmm. some of their top players. Good season, Red Stars. Go get them next year. And speaking of the Red Stars, uh, big news coming out of the camp right after that final match. Brady, um, would you be willing to speak on the resignation? Yes. So... Rory Dames resigned pretty much right after the game. A couple days had gone by. That's not, you know, that much of a news story. Coaches resign after big losses all the time. That's not, you know, that new. However, there was a note in the Red Stars presser that struck me. We continually evaluate our team and front office environment. And given the dynamic change underway in the league, it is time to begin the next chapter of the Red Stars with a search for new leadership of the team which I thought was very interesting and a a very weird way to put it when Rory Dames had said, you know, I'm going to focus on my family and find the next opportunity. So I thought, let's look into this. This seems weird. This seems like it was not just a one-sided resignation. This seems like there was more to it. And there is. The Washington Post reported pretty much right after he said he was resigning that there was significant emotional abuse going on under Rory Dames' watch from Rory Dames. Several players tried to go to the U.S. Soccer Federation as well as the NWSL, including Kristen Press as one of those big names. And we've heard about it from earlier in the season. No one paid attention to it. No one did anything about it. Uh, So just some examples uh, that I read in this Washington Post article. Rory Dames would do revenge trades with no notice. So like if some player wasn't listening to him in a way that he thought was respectful, he would just send him away to a different team without giving them proper notice. And that's, you know, it's sports, it is a business, but at the same time, there's ways that you can go about this as a coach and as a general manager that are just sort of understood in the sporting world of how you do things. 
Meanwhile, multiple player witnesses saw that um, there was an example in practice where Rory thought a player had not been communicating clearly. A very big deal in soccer. We want strong communication. And this was something that he had talked to this player about. And then when she failed to talk enough again in a specific practice, he would turn to this player who had a child and screamed, if you can't even talk in the field, what kind of mother are you? He made jokes about an Asian player and was saying, like, you should probably be a smarter soccer player. No. Um, And then there were also repeated lunches with a specific player. Uh, He would text her at odd hours and he would ask too many kind of weird questions and uh, like questions about a personal life and especially about her boyfriend at the time. The next season, he met her boyfriend. The next game, she was benched. And then the next few practices, she was training with the reserve team. And then he would say things like, well, I know your boyfriend doesn't like me. And then also he would mention repeatedly like, you know, we've become less connected. We've become more distant. And that's probably why you're a worse player. Okay. Uh, There there is a lot to this. And it's like one of those steps is like, maybe, okay, it's weird to get away with it. And then the more examples that came out, it was like, oh, this is gross and this is sticky and and weird. And and I just kind of, I want to try and have a nuanced conversation about this. And this is difficult because we are three cisgender white males. Um, You know, so this is going to be an tough discussion to have, but I think it's worth having. Um, so just from the first part, just hearing all this, how does this make us feel? How, do, how are we feeling after Rory Dames resigns and learning about some of this stuff? Well, I, yeah. Sticky, gross is how I feel reading that stuff. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It makes me uncomfortable picturing being in that situation. So that's I mean, that's my immediate takeaway. None of that is okay and clearly feels like someone who's using their power to their advantage against the will of their players. Yeah, I agree with that. I I caught myself going, well, this is sad. You know, I thought that my Chicago coach wouldn't be involved in any of this. My Chicago coach couldn't be doing this. And then I caught myself going, well, why not? It's happening all across the league. Players have been talking about this. So why did I think that this was, you know, my team wasn't going to have this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. From that, like, synopsis, it makes me think that while everything, you know, it's coming out now and, and things are being taken care of, it seems like the league had a, a league-wide policy to throw everything under the rug mm-hmm. until the playoffs were done. So mm-hmm. I think it's um, it's looking really sketch, and I think... Uh, maybe top from bottom clear out, not just of like the individual clubs, but anybody who's on the NWSL board needs to be addressed at this point, like everybody. So, yeah. Cause that's just odd that it, you know, the timing, like they're like, let's not rock the boat right now. Like I think regardless of what's going on in the front office, the team that was put together for the red stars would have been where they're at, at, you know, today, no matter what was going on, the talents there, you don't need to, you know, I don't think they're going to be affected by the executives mm-hmm. like being intact. They should have been fired and taken care of. So it's, uh, it's concerning. And on that note, it makes me think, is this uh, the tip of the iceberg still mm. where we're going to see more information come out continually? Um, other head coaches, other teams, I don't know. And I think there's certainly evidence of that with the NWSL making some of these sweeping changes, you know, the new chairman, all this stuff. They're going to definitely be looking at this in the offseason and seeing where's the power structure, where are players able to report these kind of things without fear of ramifications and, and really set up a system like that. It's going to be very important for the next iteration of the NWSL. I wonder, is this about coaching in general? Because some of the examples you read, it's like, yeah, he's, he's coaching hard and he's trying to motivate someone to really dig into some part of themselves. They may not be aware of that that is inside of them. But I just think there's so many better ways to do this than to attack someone personally. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to talk about like coaches in the past or something, examples that you've seen of this, uh, maybe not to this degree or something, um, because this seems pretty savage and pretty gross. Yeah, I mean, there there definitely is a 
an aspect of coaching in my mind of pushing someone to their limit, past their limit to get them to find that inner beast, if you will, to come out on the field and do the things you didn't think were possible, but there is a limit to that. And mm-hmm. these examples that he's that, that have been given, I don't see how any of them would help any player uh, joking about your race, uh, right. attacking you because mm-hmm. apparently you can't communicate, so you're not a good mother, texting you late and benching you because he met your boyfriend and your boyfriend doesn't like him. None of it makes mm-hmm. sense logically. Right. And these uh, sexist, racist um, thoughts, uh, actions, uh, that's a common theme is they just don't make any sense at all. So my thought is I don't see the purpose in any of it. Even if there was a purpose to it, it's over a line of personal harassment, sometimes sexual harassment that is should not be okay in any sport, no matter what gender the player or the coaches are. Yeah. All I was going to say is in like high school, like I had coaches who would attack like things that were completely irrelevant to like my game. And that irritated me. I cannot say that I've been in a situation as extreme as what a lot of these women are going through in the NWSL. Um, And even if I had, you know, gone on to play soccer, even professionally, I don't think it would have ever applied to like what they're going through. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, um, I don't know, it it gets, crosses a line once you start talking about things that just have nothing to do with the game that you're putting on the field. Like I could deal with if somebody's attacking like what I was doing or if I'm slacking during training or something like that. But if you're going to come after me and my character and, and, if, like your family or anything like that, or yeah. friends or mm-hmm. your choices, like academically while you're playing yeah. at a school, like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, no, I yeah. think when you sign up for a sport too, like part of the coaching expectation is like, you're going to get braided a little bit, especially if you're not playing mm-hmm. up to par, mm-hmm. but talking about someone's personal life is like, that's yeah. not going to help me play any better. Um, and mm-hmm that's where I would draw my personal line and would feel uncomfortable if I was in a situation where a coach mentioned anything like that um, to me or a teammate would be, you know, that's not, that's not, it has nothing to do with what's happening right here. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I've been called slow, lazy, overweight, things like that by coaches. Mm -hmm. And like, while it's not maybe the most helpful or healthy way to get someone to play better, like it's, I expect those kind of things um, to be said, but personal life, no, you got to stay away from that. I wonder if this is also just about leadership in general. I mean, coaching, this is such a specific example because the NWSL, you know, Joe average player that Jane average, I guess I should say, um, doesn't make very much money. And so the power dynamic between a coach and player in this league is very drastic. And we're seeing the results of that now is just, it's too much. Um, and, but you, we, we talk in this room, like we know what leadership, what good leadership looks like. And then when you cross that line, you can just kind of tell immediately, oh, that's, that's not, going to help anyone, including me, but including people listening to like my teammates, they're not getting anything from this either. And so I just, that's, yeah, it's quite upsetting. Yeah. I, it feels like it's just a continually growing count of people who are in charge that choose to abuse their power, which I think speaks to power itself, but also mm. speaks to the awareness we, of power. Yes, awareness of power and realizing that just because someone is in power doesn't mean that they everything that they do is correct. Yeah. And it's very important that when we see things that are not okay, that we need to speak up immediately about them. Yeah. And, and we need to, to listen. Yeah. And we need to listen to those that do. Okay. I think I think we reached some nuance there. It was that was good. It was good as we can and do at this early point in our budding podcast careers. 
Thank you all for going on that journey with us. And we will transition seamlessly out of that. I got to take a quick pee, guys. I'm sorry. So around the world, World Cup qualifications are underway. Usually the confederation that we talk about is CONCACAF because that's where the United States plays. However, this week we're talking CONMEBOL. Yeah, the confederations are wrapping up. So we, we are starting to see the World Cup picture take shape. Brazil and Argentina have already qualified. So we will see them in Qatar. And then we've got Ecuador and Colombia who are following closely behind. Peru mm-hmm. is in a playoff spot tied with Colombia. And then Chile and Uruguay are one point away from Peru with Bolivia being one point behind them. So those last few slots are still available for teams to mm-hmm. pick up points. Only four games left there in that confederation. So um, we know that we will see Brazil and Argentina, which is a good thing. So, yeah, when you look at that, there's a couple of things that look very strange. And that's Uruguay and uh, Chile not being in the top True. five. Or I was going to say. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's super strange. And uh, especially with the roster that Uruguay has, while it's an aging roster, you'd still expect them to be there this upcoming World Cup. And what was kind of shocking, and I'm sorry, Brady, if I'm stealing your thunder here, but uh, Uruguay uh, fired Oscar Tabarez, the coach mm. that they've had for 15 years. So from fourth to ninth place, there's just four points there. And mm. anything could happen at this mm-hmm. point. So they feel the need to replace the coach. And obviously, there's a lot of emotion around that decision. Uh, Luis Suarez has come out and talked about it and numerous other players. So if you want to go and check that out and read about it, I encourage you to do so because that's kind of the big storyline. While Brazil and Argentina have locked their spots, the focus is more in the middle of the table and can people still qualify that are expected to be there? Great job, Dave. Even myself, who doesn't, I haven't followed World Cup qualifying soccer ever until this year. Mm-hmm was surprised that Chile was not right in as I normally always see them in there, Brazil, Argentina. I always see them, but Chile, I don't know, but it's yeah. also exciting though, too, because Ecuador and Peru have been kind of knocking on the door and you mm-hmm. know, it'd be kind of cool to see them, you know, make absolutely. a big impact and maybe make there. the run. So, yeah. Absolutely. So continuing with world cup qualifying, confederations we're going to move on to uefa as well dave hit us Mm -hmm. with it so for the teams that have qualified so far in europe we have serbia who outlasted portugal Mm -hmm. Uh, spain has qualified switzerland beat out italy france belgium denmark the netherlands croatia england and germany so for the most part it's the people you'd expect to be there uh, Serbia and Switzerland have been in really good form, and so has Denmark. Um, but now we get to the part of the tournament that's kind of new, which is UEFA World Cup playoffs. <laughs> oh. So this is a, a, a pretty new format uh, due to the Nations League and how they decided to chop up the teams this year. 21. So there are... Um, <laughs> There are 10 teams that are obviously follow-up teams in each of those standings. So so it was A to J uh, in UEFA for the groups. So that's 10 teams. So there's 10 runner-ups for each of those uh, groups. So they automatically qualified for the playoffs for the last three spots that are available for UEFA. Then with the Nations League, they decided to do the teams that haven't already qualified that have won their nation leagues groups were granted uh, spots into this playoff for the world cup. So they wanted to make the nation's league even mean something more on top of that. And this is how they determined to do it. So if you were, if you won your nation's league group in UEFA, you got seated again by uh FIFA world rankings, and then the top two got those last two spots had they not already qualified through the traditional matters in, in the World Cup. 
it's very convoluted, very kind of nuts, but that's what UEFA decided. And I'm sure it's going to get more complex as more teams are added to the World Cup qualifiers. So stay tuned in four years because we'll be ta- having a brand new conversation about it, I'm <laughs> sure. So um, once all the teams are put together, they're seated. Our six of them are seated based on their if they were had the most points in their groups. So if you while there is runner-ups, some teams accumulated more points than others. So the t- those 10 teams were seeded based on how many points they had acquired in each group. So Portugal, Scotland, Italy, Russia, Sweden, and Wales were all seeded. And then unseeded teams were in pot two, which were Turkey, Poland, North Macedonia, Ukraine. And then you have the two teams from the Nations League, Austria and the Czech Republic. So now, since there's all those teams there, and um, there's 12 of them, there's three different paths, path A, path B, path C. They're all the same, how they're, they're going to work, but you have two seeded teams playing two teams that were unseeded in the first round of that playoff. So think of it like an NCAA bracket, but very short, like seeded team versus unseeded team, seeded team versus unseeded team. Whoever wins that, goes on to the final and then whoever wins that final qualifies for the world cup. So there's three different brackets. They'll never intersect at all, but that's how they chopped it up. So, so complicated. Uh, so unnecessary. Yeah, it's, it's very complicated. <laughs> so it's in March. Um, but I think they just wanted to obviously sell more impactful tickets, which sure. honestly, you, you know, you you can ask for, you can ask for anything more because take a look at who's there. You yeah. got Portugal, you have Italy, you got Russia, like teams that kind of and and even Sweden teams that have made the World Cup before, who are now kind of fringe teams. You don't know if they're going to make it. You don't know if they're going to lock it in. And then you got teams like Scotland who haven't really been there like recently. You have Wales who obviously has to fight to get to that point. Turkey and Poland are selling teams. North Macedonia has an actual chance to mm-hmm. go there. Like, how wild is that? And they barely hung on. They barely beat out Romania after that strong start to the campaign. Um, it's just, it's going to be a really fun group. And I will say the Nations League teams too. Austria and the Czech Republic. Those are good. Super teams. solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. And, you know, what's kind of tragic too is um, Hungary had a fantastic World Cup run. And they ended up coming up short and they also had won their group and they were just one seed short. So Mm. there's so many things that are impactful and making it more meaningful. It just has to kind of settle in and people need to understand it more to appreciate it more, but it is kind of fun how they built it. So unfortunately I think they're going to continue to change the format and it will never catch on, but if they kept this, it could be a lot of fun and it could, you know, make soccer fun for all those four years, even when the world cup's not there. Yeah. But I'll let you go, Brady. Yeah. No, no worries. But uh, basically we'll preview those knockouts when they're coming, but they are going to be intense and I'm very excited for them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Bringing it back to CONCACAF world cup qualifying match, Canada versus Mexico. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to talk about the end of the game brawl, which was fantastic. Who knew Canada had that in them? Oh, it was a wonderful. I mean, anyone who's watched a hockey game knows that Canadians could get uh, the best of them. Canada looks good, good, though. We kind of had a, a taste of that this summer. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, this is good. This is good for CONCACAF that there's another team that's in it the mix really now. Feisty. But I, I love that. snow game. Yeah, snow game. Incredible. <laughs> they called it the Estadio, Estadio Ice Teca. Amazing. <laughs> love that. Yes. Um, but then also at the end of the game, because, you know, you, you start holding the ball in the corner and, and draining that clock down. Uh, but then went and then Mexicans started fouling the crap out of Canadians and ah, blah, 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 argy bargy. Um, but then Canadians were like celebrating towards their, their fans <laughs> in front of the most incensed Mexican players. So they were purposely finding them and then going, yeah, yeah, like right in front of their faces. <laughs> it was so petty. It was wonderful. It was good energy there. It it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for Concacaf. 
And then obviously <laughs> the ramifications are huge. So Canada sit on top of the CONCACAF standings, USA second, mm-hmm. Mexico third, and then Panama is sitting in that playoff spot uh, where they could possibly still qualify, but they would have to yeah, play that extra game. Nice. Um, yeah. So, and that we're more than halfway through the qualifying games. So that is significant. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to say L Tree, more like L Cero points. Wow. Jamaican national team, Rag A Boys with a Z. It's your turn to help us eliminate Mexico from the World Cup. Yes. Let's ice them out. <laughs> Let's do this. I think it's going to come down to that US Mexico game if the current form of the Mexican national team continues and the CONCACAF ends up being as strong as it has been. I think it could be uh, maybe a reversal of where we're at and then. Maybe Achoa should take some time and look at himself Ooh, in the mirror and dang. think about it for a second. So, <laughs> All right. Moving over to the EPL. We're back this weekend. We back. We back indeed, Dave. Liverpool, what's happening? Yeah, uh, we were just reminding Arsenal how much they ah, suck this And weekend. thank you so everybody. much for that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> and also, thank you guys for wearing red today to celebrate the W. <laughs> oh, so I do appreciate no. that. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Listeners, they're all wearing red T-shirts in honor of Liverpool. So <laughs> what have we done? Four nil against Arsenal. <laughs> Arteta and uh, Klopp uh, got at oh, it. Was actually, wonderful. It, it got. Yeah, it was. It was the intensity that you'd want from a game. But obviously, Arteta's just mad about, you know, all of it, life form and just the fact that they're not going to be able to compete. But what was funny is it was nil nil at that point. And then that flipped the switch and the team just they were playing for Klopp at that point and they produced and it was glorious. It was it was such a cool moment. Arteta was that kind so of player, we, too. Yeah. So he just forgot yeah. that he wasn't playing. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so four goals later, and just to rub it in his face, uh, Klopp ends up deciding to, to sub on Tyler Morton, a baby. I think he's 19, 18 or 19, 19 years old. Yeah. And then um, what was funny on the touchline, I think maybe he must have been in his head a little bit, but Klopp kind of gum- comes around over his shoulders and gives him a big hug right before he goes on. <laughs> then they were kind of chatting. And and I, you got to think that you know this was just – like Klopp saying, you guys are trash. Like I'm going <laughs> to sub on a 19 year old that's never had a chance to walk on a field before. And I'm going to do it for almost 10 minutes. Like that's, that's a huge amount of time. Normally when you sub on somebody that young, it's for five or less minutes. Yeah. For nothing. Wild. He had plenty of. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I'm my big question for Liverpool is how much did the bench do you play versus Porto this week? I think, I would hope that's a complete a squad of subs at this point. Makes sense. Rotate it out a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give them some rest. Makes sense to me. Congratulations on the W, Dave. Thank you for taking down Arsenal. We all appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Brady, Tottenham, Hotspurs. What is happening? Tale of two halves, uh, but an excellent tale at the end of it. Um, lost the first half one nothing to Leeds, and then and Antonio Conte is still trying to get his hands on this team. Uh, but it seemed to work in the second half, uh, and it looked like a team that was learning a new system, and then was told, "Don't worry so much about it. Just go play. We're a goal down. You need to score." Got that uh, second goal, and it feels pretty good. Sitting in seventh, we're eight points back already, which is amazing. But uh, feeling good about it though, and I like Antonio Conte to this point. <laughs> <laughs> Small sample size, so yes, yes of <laughs> course you do. <laughs> and my turn, Chelsea. They dominated Leicester City three to zero this weekend. Still on top of the table, baby. Comfortable three point lead, which is not so comfortable given the way some of these other teams are playing. For now, for now, for now. Yeah, I know. But it's nice to be on top. Chelsea plays Juventus tomorrow, November 23rd, in the Champions League. For that game, Lukaku and Havertz are doubtful. Eh, still coming, coming back from injury. Timo Werner will play. and Oh, he'll shoot. Yeah, he will. He, he'll, he'll go ahead and do that. 
So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. But will it go on frame? <laughs> <sighs> Only one way to find out. Give it a shot. Looking ahead at our next episode. Our next episode will not be coming out next week. Unfortunately, we're taking a week off. We will be back recording on December 6th, which means our next episode is going to be coming out December 9th. So our game of the week is going to be from the weekend of December 4th. That weekend, the MLS playoffs are happening. Semifinals, in fact. Oh, yeah. One game is on December 4th. Another game is on December 5th. We don't know which teams are going to be playing in those games yet, obviously. However, for our game of the week, we have chosen the MLS playoff game taking place December 5th at 2 p.m. Oh, woo! It's going to be a barn burner. Those two teams are going to be fighting tooth and nail. They're going to have beaten one team to get to the the next section to... Uh, face the I'm team. thinking it's going to be five nil because one team probably shouldn't be there. And they got lucky. Yeah. Five nil. That's my goal. It's going to happen. Boy, those two teams are going to play soccer. Oh. That's what's going to happen on that. Soccer day. will be played and oh, it'll be glorious. So if you thought previous week's predictions were maybe a little tricky, try this one on. <laughs> Don't know the teams. Dave has already made his prediction five to nil. Congratulations. Lock it in. Lock uh, it which, up. which team has five? Which team has nil? Away team or home team? The home team. The higher seed. Okay. Home team, five. five. <laughs> Away team, zero. Noted for Dave. Myself, I'm going home team, three. Away team, zero. Mm. Nope. Away team one. Okay. My super researched and mathematically devised result will be four to two for home two away. What? Oh, man. Now I feel better about my five now. Let's do it. <laughs> We're asking for goals in the semis. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Gentlemen, any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Other than quick reminder, again, we will not have an episode out next week. You'll have to do without us for just one week. Thinking about Turkey. Nope. Yeah. That's my closing thought to all you lovely listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope that this year you get to go home, celebrate with your families, have some delicious, delicious homemade Thanksgiving meals. All right. No one you else. You did great. You did great. <laughs> I thought there might be a little community there, but no. As always, I love turkey. Oh, shut up, Dave. <laughs> if, if you want to reach out to us directly with hmm, maybe a happy Thanksgiving email, how about that? Wouldn't that be nice? Or if you have questions, comments, concerns, feedback, feel free to reach out to us. WindyCityWingers.info at gmail.com. Brady, where will you be at? Live tweeting all of these NFL games on Turkey Day and the soccer to follow. Yes, at stat underscore bro on Twitter and at BradTheBard13 on Instagram. And Dave, yourself, where will you be live posting, live tweeting, I should say, the abysmal fall of the Bears to the Lions on Thanksgiving? (laughs) Yeah, if you want to tweet into a slightly shorter void than normal. You could find me at Twitter and Instagram at WCW Dave. Love it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We'll see you in two weeks. Gobble, gobble.